Sorry, we're closed. All right, welcome back, guys. The Labor Day special of Sorry We're Closed. Um, Hoboken season is upon us. The fall is upon us. I walked out to, outside today. It felt very autumny, very autumnal. autumnal. Very uh, autumnal. Word of the day. Uh, it, it, yeah, word of the day. It felt great. Fall is a great season. It's probably my favorite. Is TiVo? Is that? I know it's Sean's favorite. Is that your favorite season? Um, I, I, I'm really just. I enjoy all of them. I don't really have a favorite. I know that's a weird answer. You don't have a favorite? Nah, just. I like September I like one the, through like January one. Best time of year, and it's not even close. It's just, yeah, just in my opinion, not right. even close. So, gun to your head, TiVo. You have to pick a season <laughs> to live in for the rest of your life. What are you picking? I see. I really like. I like. I like fall, but I really like the feeling of like going through a brutal winter, and you get that first day at like sixty-five and sunny, and you can just kind of feel it on your skin. And you go for a walk in shorts and a short sleeve shirt, and you can just like, ah, we made it. Well, here's the thing. I think, and based off what you just said, all three of us are definitely the four season people. Like, I don't want to go somewhere that's only one season. I think I'm moving and to I Florida. Like... <laughs> okay. So your favorite season summer then. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Well, it took took a minute and thirty four seconds to figure out what Tivo's <laughs> favorite season is. <laughs> After him coming and saying he loves them all, yeah. uh, but falls fall. I, I think falls the best one. But busy season uh, for and, Pat. Uh, so busy season. busy season. Yes, yes. We had uh, we passed health inspection last night or yesterday. Woo! I um, I uh, had to be cleaning ice machines. I was doing everything. I had anything to stay open. During this season is is what Patty old Patty business or business Pat will be doing, um, but it's I'm looking forward to football. We saw the Nebraska uh, volleyball team yesterday, Sean. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about this pre-show. It, they sold out Nebraska's football stadium. That's over yeah, hundred thousand, cool. I'm sure. Yeah, it was like a, a NCAA record for I guess volleyball. Obviously not. Um, I think. Bas- <laughs> What's what the runner-up record? Was that and was that was that a real? I mean, I know it was a real game, but was it like a season-counted game? Because you got to think the wind. Uh, we're not used to that in in the indoor volleyball game. Play the wind. You know, I di- I gotta tell you, this is the first time I've ever thinking of that. But it's a great point. I don't know. I I have maybe it's a. Pre- I mean, it is August. Is, yeah, is I, bet, I bet. I bet it's. Uh, I bet Pre-season? it was. No, I bet it's the real deal. That's the real deal. Even though conditions are not the same as the rest of the matches, I wonder how much it actually plays into, like, especially out the, you know, out in out in Nebraska. It's like the, out in the plains. The plains are supposed to be windy, right? I have no idea. That's that that you more your uh, your uh, uh, minor league experience. I didn't really have that stuff out there. Yeah, I don't really. We didn't do much in Nebraska. I'm in Iowa, but I just try to black that part of my life out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, unless well, I see Sean's looking it up, but while yeah. while we're waiting, we'll go over what we're going to talk about today. We got the um, I'm I don't know about you guys, but I am uh, I I I'm really enjoying watching Dave Portnoy go back into Barstool and watch like the wheels turn, watch a little bit more of Business Dave, as as we would call him on the pod, friend of the pod, uh, Business Dave, kind of you know you know not necessarily like. Um, get people back in shape but like in a different type of shape because they were used to very corporate very pen 
very, very, it's seemingly like a very different business model than what Dave is going to be uh, doing. And it is, it's very interesting to watch um, that, that kind of all transpire. And Dave loves to have everything on camera. So it's been, that's been fun for me to watch with we'll de- de- dipping a little bit into that. Uh, we're dip a little bit into obviously I, someone was um, someone tweeted this week to me not to me but I I quote tweeted it about how um, playing for the Red Sox and Lakers is or not we didn't, I didn't play for the Lakers but that would have been something uh, but obviously me Red Sox Sean uh, the strength coach for the Lakers have been uh, important and I'm curious and the reason why I want to put it on because Sean and I have spoken about this in the past I'm curious as a brand uh, at Barstool how that's played for TiVo when he, he's gone out on his own as an entrepreneur now and, and doing his own stuff. I'm curious if that has played any role. Uh, we have the NIL craziness, Arch, Arch Manning, apparently bringing in about 2.1 or 2.9 this year. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. And then the fun, if we get a little bit into the marking list and how I ended up on Bentley's email list, or not email list, LinkedIn DM list, yeah. which might be the same thing. I'm not that's sure. That's huge, Thank dude. you. I appreciate it. That is, honestly, I'm very proud. Of, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> Um. Anyway, Sean, did you find anything about the planes while you're looking up there? Yeah, it looks. I mean, it, they said there was a Division Two exhibition game before it. Um, it didn't really signify whether or not it was an exhibition or not. Kind of did make me feel like it was an exhibition. Um, exhibition they played against Omaha, sure. which is not a Division One team, I don't think. Uh, and they beat that ass uh, th- three sets to nil or three games to nil. However, they do it in volleyball. Uh, but. But no, you know. no description really on this as why it's it was such a large game. No, no, I think they, I think it was like a I think it was like a they had done this in the past. This wasn't like the first time they had done it, um, or at least I think what I sort of read there that was the case. And so I think it's just kind of like a like they make it like a spectacle out there. So it's like a one time deal once a year or something, and they, like and they yeah, you know, they let it rip. I'm sure, there's other things surrounding it. Maybe like like festivals outside and something. Yeah, like that. Kind yeah, of getting, yeah, getting, yeah. Getting I mean, Nebraska. Going. I've been to Lincoln multiple times. And it's a cool town, man. And they like, I mean, it is, it is Huskers, everything. It's like Morgantown, only like, I hate to say this, it's like Morgantown, but nice. Uh, yeah, and dude, like, Morgantown's yeah. a shithole. Yeah, I'm, I won't say that, but I won't disagree with it either. Uh, but it's like, it's like Nebraska is like, it's really like, it's a cool spot. They love the Huskers. Yeah. Love, love my Mountaineer yeah. people. Love it. it builds character. Like, like the like what like in, in uh like in in Lincoln, they'll be like, man, well, the, you know the Huskers are going to have a great year this year. We're hoping everything is going to go well. Uh, and you know the opponents, uh, well, they'll come in and uh, you know they'll well you know give them a nice time. And Morgantown, they're like. Fuck you, dude! Man, like, yeah, get these dude. motherfuckers <laughs> out of here, dude! I'll never forget. I was, I was, uh, we were doing the trip in Morgantown for Breeze thing, and we were just like, let's just get Chipotle. Like, we haven't eaten all day, and we come out of the Chipotle, and there's like two people with syringes like sticking out of their arms, just like, and I was like, oh man, what, what, a, what a place! They're in between classes, place. yeah, in between classes. Morgantown is a special place. Sean, uh, well, since we're talking about Morgantown, Sean's going out to Happy Valley this week to watch the West Virginia Mountaineers take on the Penn State Nittany Lions, and we are not expecting good things for Sean and his Mountaineers, or I guess my Mountaineers too, although I'm more of a front runner. Um, not expecting expe- – Sean, what, if you, if, what would be a win for you coming out of this out of this game against it are they a top five rated team 
Uh, last I saw, they were number seven. Opie said they were number six, but tomato, tomato, whatever, right? too, they're, they're, yeah. uh, they're outstanding. A win for us in this game is to be competitive. Um, I think we probably have, like in my head, I'm like, okay, we have like a 7% chance of pulling this off, which probably means it's like a 3% chance of pulling mm-hmm. it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's, a, I really don't think it's a 0% chance, um, but I, I, I'm, I'm, Savvy enough and experienced enough to know that it is highly unlikely. Um, look, I, I don't want to. I just don't want to get tooled. You know what I mean? I don't want to get. Yeah. I don't want to get embarrassed here. I don't want them to just absolutely pummel us um, under the lights. You know, under I'm, the lights, seven thirty. Yeah, it's gonna plus. be. It's gonna be awesome, and that's why I'm going. I'm going because uh, my, my thing is, I, I love the college football. I love the big environments. I want to go to see all these like really cool uh, Clemson's and Alabamas and all that stuff. Uh, and but my I ne- I will not miss a WVU game. So if West Virginia is playing at one of them, I'm in. So I was at Virginia Tech last year. I'm at uh, Penn State this year. I, I very much exp- I'm in the middle of Penn. St- I'm in the Penn State section. Uh, like I'm going to be one, the only guy. Uh, I assume maybe there'll be another guy around me, but it's going to be almost all Penn State guys around me. Uh, and I'm going to be very respectful. <laughs> I know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> uh, I know that it could really backfire really badly. Um, and uh, even if we're doing well, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, very nice. I'll show my support, but I'm not, I'm not going to get bananas out there. But uh, plus, I expect it plus, to be a long ride home from Happy Valley. Plus twenty and a half. Plus twenty and a half. I would yeah. say a win for a guy who's more realistic. Not more realistic than Sean. Well, yeah, I am more realistic, than Sean. But Sean is a pretty realistic fan. The, I would say that uh, a win for for me would be. We lose by 25, that's fine. I'm expecting that. Yeah. But, like, be down seven in the first quarter, 14 in the second yeah, quarter, yeah. 21 in the third quarter. Like, don't, I don't want to be down 28-7 in the first quarter. Yeah, that, that, would, be, that would be a nightmare. That, yeah, would be a, that would be a really tough yeah. one. That'd I would be, be booing. I would be booing. If <laughs> I would absolutely Good. be booing. Good, Sean. I'm glad you're booing. <laughs> um, but, all right, and then you got week two, and we'll talk about, we won't talk about it on next week's show, but in week two you have a much more – much yeah, easier, that's, that's the, but that's the <laughs> supposed guaranteed W the suppose against Duquesne. However, I always look at those games because we went to uh, a few years back. Me and Sean and my, I think our family yes. went to James Madison, who is a perennial stud in the Good division team. below us. Good team, but the division below us. Yes, and um, first half it was just not a blowout. We ended up taking care of them. But the first half was just not what I wanted it to be and what the, I'm sure the rest of West Virginia faithful wanted it to be. And so, like, I look at these games, especially in a, a year where West Virginia is not supposed to be very good. I look at these games and I'm like, yeah, no, the Duquesne game, you know, could be a lot of fun and win. But the downside is monumental. Yeah, when it's close. Uh, and, like, you're, you're like – and in Duquesne, like – you could end up on the ESPN for the very wrong reasons. <laughs> for Duquesne. That's that's uh, Delaware's and, division, so like that's where I played in college, and so Delaware goes okay. to Penn. Delaware goes to Penn State next weekend, and my dad was like, "Hey, you want you want? Yeah, he's like, you want to go out and, and watch the Hens in Happy Valley? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like, I don't nope. want, absolutely not. No, thank yeah, you. It's be tough. Look, yeah, I think t- bottom line, we can move on to other stuff, but I think West Virginia has a chance to be solid. Uh, I also think they have a chance to be horrendous. Uh, All right, let's so. just just for just for for clip's sake, and to be able to come back to this in the future, Sean. Twenty over. Uh, Tivo, do you have the over or under for wins? Four and, and a half. Know four and a half. Sean, are you four taking the half. over or are you taking the under? <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely taking the over. 
You're taking the over. Do you, can you give us a, a number yeah. that you're ex- you're expecting? <sighs> All you need is five. I think we're. I think we get six. I think we get six wins. I think we get six. six wins. I think we All get right. six. Well, you heard it here. We'll come back to this at the end six of the year. Six and seven. <laughs> That's the final. We get to a bowl game and get destroyed. Bowl games is not even meaningful anymore. Yeah, but yeah, the, the crap hole of bowl. Yeah, crap hole of bowl against a crap hole of team. <laughs> and they're going to destroy that us. That team's going to be pissed that they have to play us because yeah. they're supposed to be in a better bowl. It's the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right, six wins. Sean says we get six wins. Six and Sponsored seven. by Charmin. Maybe we'll get to the Barstool Bowl, and that's a great transition into Barstool business. And the 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 Davy Portnoy going back in, and I saw I saw a um, I know um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners like to watch similar stuff to that we do. Since otherwise, why would you listen to our podcast? Because you probably wouldn't be that entertained if you didn't like the same things we liked. But uh, Dave's had a lot of videos that come out. The most recent one I saw was Dave kind of laying into the team, and like it was a serious land. Uh, and he had mentioned that the company was losing $10 million a year. Now, I got to imagine when Dave originally sold the business, that was not the case. But losing $10 million uh, a year, which is a big number. And for a guy who owns now 100% of said company, he did. I mean, he still has you know a couple hundred million in the bank. But $10 million a year takes a pretty big chunk out of, your, <laughs> out of that. You're talking about 5% of your net worth every year you're losing. Um, so that's, that's not great. Uh, but what was the context of the to... video? Was it like uh stool scenes type of thing where he's just walking around the office yelling? Yeah. Or was it, yeah. It was like, stool like, scenes. You, honestly, I just loved watching the, 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 the faces of the employees Yeah, because for how long did they not have a guy to come in there and chew them out? Because, you know, Penn was kind of running the show, you know, there wasn't, that wasn't really what they're, you know, Penn was just using them as a way to get eyeballs more on their yeah, sports it was book a, and things like that. It was like a marketing that. play. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily about making money with, with Barstool. It was more so making money on the sports book and letting them just kind of, you know, maybe you lose $10 million a year on, on Barstool, but you're making, let's say, hopefully making that money up plus some on the sports book, which makes it, you know, a net gain for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just not the case anymore because there is no sports book attached to, to Dave. Um at least not right now. And you just have, this is, you know, either you're making marketing dollars with Barstool or you're not. Uh, so it's interesting to see this, but the reason and the, and the context, one of the, the tweets I, I sent the boys here this morning is something that I tweeted out. Um, and it was Dave, they're the Viva La Stool tweeted. I guess there's some type of game show going on TiVo with, yeah. with some of the, some of the, the characters over there at Barstool and they're jumping out of a plane Um, and I'll read you the tweet just so that I don't butcher it or pretend like I know what it is. But Dave says, how is Barstool losing money? We are jumping out of planes and filming it like we're filming Mission Impossible 8. Don't get me wrong. This is unreal production value, but you will never see this again, so enjoy it. And it made me think, honestly, it made me think about something that's gone on recently at um, at the restaurants and over the course of, let's say, the last year or two, maybe, honestly, ever since I've bought into restaurants. But I, I quote tweeted that, and I said, this reminded me of a time where my staff wanted to put in a lighting system that was fit for, for Fenway Park, and but they want to put it in my bar that holds 237 people. Like, okay, yes, is it going to be sick? Yeah. But can are we a business that can make that kind of money back? Like, can we make 
Can this be a, a positive? We don't have a big enough space to make this investment worth it for us. And so it was similar. What Dave was talking about was Dave was kind of going into like, okay, why are people here? Are people at like, I don't think that I think that me, what me, what me, you, um, me and Tebow do on the side with this podcast or where he's traveling to Philly with me is a nice little additive to what I do um, on social. But I think a lot of people are there for like my funny little clips, but like, low production value, like me in front of the camera, just kind of spitballing. And I think Barstool is like a bigger version of me where I think like a lot of it's like that fun stuff that like, you know, you saw a clip this week where Marty said that you could drive to the moon in two and a half hours if there was a direct direct uh, road to it. Nope, that's not right. That is unbelievably inaccurate. Um, <laughs> and he was just going, but he's like, you know, you don't realize how close the moon is to you. And, it's funny because I sat there. I was like, wait a minute. Am I wrong? Is the moon that close? <laughs> like, so then I go and Google how close the moon is because I'm like, there's no way I'm wrong about this. And, but he was explaining that he had done the research and all that stuff. And then we find out it's like 238,000 miles away. And there's under no circumstances. You'd have to be traveling 97,000 miles an hour in order to drive on a road uh, in two and a half hours to the moon. But it's stuff like that that I think people are at Barstool for. Not necessarily like a Mission Impossible 8 type production value and like trying to put together this this crazy crazy thing so i and the reason i brought it up is i was curious if you know like sean's running his own business tivo you're running your own business is do you see any correlation like obviously that i see in the bars where people are trying to spend too much money where there's just no way we would make that much money back or it would take us years to do like sean do you buy anything is there anything that i know you just bought the norma tech boots so is there anything that like You'd be like, oh, this would be sick to fucking have, but it would with my current clientele and where we're at, the trajectory of the next five years, it would take me maybe fifteen years to get the clientele that would make this return worth it for me. Is there anything out? Obviously, I'm sure there's things out there. Yeah, but I mean, something I think that you what might it think reminds about? me. Of, yeah, it reminds me of just like I mean, in the in the fitness health space, there's all sorts of like gizmos and gadgets that you know you can buy that are like super expensive. Like I know one of the big things that are in a lot of gyms now. Like a like private studio gym spaces, uh, this thing called an in body uh, measurement tool. Patrick, you might have stepped on one at one point during your professional career. It's like a scale. You hold these like handles, and it scans your whole body. Yes. It tells you like tells you you know bone density. Tells Isn't you body like, fat percentage. Yeah, body fat percentage. It gives you like actual like visceral body fat. Like so like uh, so if you use like the calipers to measure your body fat, yep. it'll be yep. low. But if you use this machine, it'll be high because it measures like the fat around your organs too. Uh, so whatever. So like it's this complicated thing. And like a lot of people buy it. It's expensive. Uh, but to me, it's like it's not really – it doesn't make you any money, right? Like you put it on a piece of paper. An ordinary Joe has no idea what an in-body scan is, what a DEXA scan is. Nobody has any freaking idea in the world. It sounds fancy. sounds cool. But – it, it means nothing. I see that a lot with like certifications too. Like uh, a coach might get, you know, some stupid ass random certificate. Like I'm, I'm certified. Uh, I'm a certified, uh, nat certified from the national speed and explosion, like a body or something like that. Like, speed I don't even know. Speed and explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. I'm a speed and explosion coach certified, <laughs> uh, and it's just so stupid, right? Like no, it doesn't matter at all. You spend this money on this thing, you expect it to move the needle and the only thing that really moves the needle is the marketing but i will say this when you're talking about this uh with uh with barstool kind of reminded me a little bit of mr beast 
because Mr. Beast spends an unbelievable amount of money on these, uh, you know, what, what was that uh, Japanese or Korean show where they're killing people? Uh, like, oh, um, it's really popular. Yeah, I love octopus it. Um, squid games, squid games, squid games, squid games, the octopus games, the octopus game, right? Like he made this like whole squid game studio and it was, I mean, it was, it was literally might've been a million dollars to spend on this. So I'm like, how does he do it? Like there's a, there's a revenue path there. What like, and Barstool's kind of going in that direction, but like, uh, there, there it's, I, we know the revenues there. How do, what's the disconnect here that, that he, Mr. Beast is using or seeing where Dave is not. Yeah, and actually, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to kind of get your opinion on, Sean, from your perspective, uh, as far as, like, the health and fitness space, is, like, the why are people here, right? So, like, Green Rock, for example, one of the bars, it's kind of a, kind of, it's, when I was, when I was, when I first moved here, 10 years ago, and Sean can attest to this, when we first started going to Green Rock, it was kind of a dump, it was, but it was kind of known to be like just like a not very well taken care of place. It was almost like a frat house reimagined in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. Like this is what it was known. It was known for dollar beers during the weekdays. Like it was known just kind of a place that was a shit show. Now over the course of time since I bought it, we haven't necessarily changed it, but we have changed like a pricing structure. We've changed things from here to there, and we've made it a little bit different. And also, I feel like you got to keep up a little bit, right, with with the people around you. You know, we we've had a nightclub go in, you know, down the block. That I, you know, at nightclub business, I don't know that's great in Hoboken, but it's still like, and they put a ton of money into it, and and all that stuff. So we got to make sure that we're not just like falling behind just because. Oh, listen, Green Rock's been here for twenty years. We'll be here for the next twenty. That's exactly how you're not here for the next twenty. <laughs> so, it, but like. You, 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 the, the four bars that I have that I'm going to have downtown or five bars that I have downtown, you know, McSwilbo's, McSwiggins, Irish pub, a place you like to come just drink, you know, have, have you know, a brew, right? You know, if you're having – if there's soccer on, that's the place to go. But there's like a specific reason to go to McSwiggins. Green Rock is more of that like nighttime place, you know, loud music, you're drinking a lot, you're dancing, all that stuff. Texas, Arizona, the traditional sports bar, right? That's why you're going. You go and watch the big game. You know, tr- you know this weekend's typically slow in Hoboken because everyone's doing their last licks at the summer. Big Penn State bar, Texas, Arizona's going to be mobbed for the Penn State-West Virginia game. Green Rock, not as big of a sports bar. West Virginia bar will not be mobbed for the West Virginia fans. Also has something to do with West Virginia just not being quite as good. But because in years past when they have been good, they do draw well. But a traditional sports bar at Texas, Arizona. And then 80 River, which we're now has been announced, we are rebranding it to River Street Garage, um, will be a live music venue, right? So, like, there's a there's a reason when you're when you're picking to go out, there's a reason why you're picking. I've always had like when I want to go watch live music in, in Hoboken, I you have to go to the one place in town, William McBride's. It's the only place that ever did it. Now we ha- we've actually adding a new one, obviously. You know, if I wanted to go and get really drunk, you probably go to Green Rock. You have some fun, right? Enjoy yourself, you know, dance, dance the night away, move on. Test Arizona, I wasn't always big, but that's where you would go to watch a, watch a, watch a sports game. So, like, it's you have, like, a specific reason why you're going to that. You know, Sean, when you're doing the, when you're doing the, the health and fitness stuff, you have, like, a specific thing that you work on with people. Or you, you said to me that the people come to you as a last resort, mm-hmm. right? So, like, okay, we've tried this, we've tried that, nothing, it hasn't worked, so... You know, let's give Sean a try. This is what he's good. This is what he does. Bah, 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 right? Is there something that you can think of in your space 
that you could do that, that would that, let's say you brought in a piece of equipment or something that would not be true to the hey this is why people are coming here they've tried the physical therapy maybe, maybe you try and become a physical therapy office which you're not mm-hmm. like is there something you think of that would that would be like oh yeah if I bought this this would be cool but it's not why people are coming to me this is this would be something that doesn't make sense for my my business. Yeah, you know, like I got a treadmill or something, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's tons of like you, you know, the PT the stuff that they have at the PT offices like like yeah. I can't think of anything specifically. I'm trying to think of what they do at like PT. I can think of some things they do at the PT offices, but I don't know that I can say anything that is just highly offensive to any physical therapist that's watching this. Uh Look, I mean, there's yeah, there's 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 a million things that that I could buy. What people are coming to me for are are like a hybrid approach. This is like a la- honestly, I I probably could buy anything, and it wouldn't matter because they don't even know what they're getting themselves into. Like when they when they're they they there are some things that we do where it's just like well, the only reason we're doing this is to make you to give the off the impression uh, that we're doing the things, you know. Um, I mean, I, well, here's the thing. But like, if 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 you is a good example, like if you were, if they came to you as a last resort because physical therapy didn't work, and then you went and just did what the physical therapist did, yeah, yeah. You, they would be sitting there and be like, "What? Why? Why did I come here? I just yeah. did this over here. That's not what I want to do." You know what so I'm thinking you of? You, you, ever, did you, ever see this, you ever see this in baseball where they have like the the, the angled trampoline on the ground and you like mm-hmm. have like a weighted ball and you like throw it against a trampoline mm-hmm. and you like catch it? I, if I did that, that'd be, I feel like that'd be offensive to my people. <laughs> well, yeah. And again, it's not even so much like offensive to physical therapists or anything like what they're doing. One, physical therapy is probably always going to be before you because they it's covered by health insurance. But two, like – Oftentimes, like it's it, this is they tried this. They tried the traditional what you taught in school method. This yeah. is what this is when you go to school for physical therapy. This is what they you have this, you do this. You have this, you do this. And so, if you follow that traditional method, people would be like, "Oh, why that? I just did the traditional. I'm trying to go untraditional now into a space where not everyone ha- has the knowledge yeah. or the skill set to do it. I don't want to. I'm not coming you for the physical therapist shit. Mm. You know that I've already done that shit." You know, that is the, the traditional tried and true, you know, what you learn in a textbook, you know, model. And now okay, that right. didn't work for me. Because you know, I think most people are coming to me. They're coming to me and they're paying good money for the expert status. Um, they're, 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 they're looking for an alternative. Uh, so, yeah, if I did the same old stuff that they have done in the past, like I, if I just do like crazy weird stuff they've never seen before, I'm already winning. Uh, but if I, yeah, if I went right down the traditional path of like, you know, shoulder, internal, external rotation, you know, knee extensions or something like that. Yeah, they would, that would not be, that would not fit. It's honestly, like, as I start, I'm not into <laughs> health and fitness very much at all. Like I like to just have Sean time with to do, but it is interesting. Like you think about the psychology of your consumer, like when you're trying to tell them to do something that maybe they, like you said, you do stuff that certainly stuff that's like just mental. Like, hey, let's make sure they feel like, like our good friend Brian O'Connor. He and he's very self-aware about it. Like, I might not. He's like, I might not be doing stuff that is necessarily healthy for me, but I feel better because I, you know, I sweated, you know, I sweat, and I worked hard. My heart rate got up there, all that stuff. So, like, it's almost like if I was in your shoes. I'd be almost making them do even again, even if they're not. It's not super valuable to what they're doing, but for the mental to make them feel like, which is valuable, to make them feel like they're doing something great. I'd almost get them be doing like ridiculous movements. Yeah, just I mean, I do it. I mean, I have a when when uh, 
like, and you know, Patrick, somebody, you come to me, my knee hurts. What do I do? Like somebody writes that on a form. Like, I don't really, I don't really have to play around. Like I, I know what to do well, as soon as you tell me your knee hurts. And I might have to ask you a couple questions, but I typically know. Um, yeah. But, you know, they come in for the assessment. I can't just, what's wrong? Knee pain. All right, I got it. Done. Nailed it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I've got to, I run them through. Absolutely. And it's, I have 30 tests on my sheet. It never, never even comes close to taking, I, by the time we get to exercise seven, I already know what's going on. Uh, so in ex- so let me, let me take it a step further. In ex- you've never had in extreme cases, like outlier cases where test 29 showed something. You're like, oh shit, I'm happy I did this one. Uh, yeah, it pops up every once in a while. More so. What would you say out of a hundred cases? What would you say? How many does test 29 become impactful? Maybe one. So maybe, Um, so it it is, it's a true outlier. Yeah, it's a true outlier. I mean, it's what what happens more so that the the challenge is, is the only challenge that I really face uh, is people that can't, like they're so symptomatic. They have, there are enough pain where like the usual routine of getting rid of it is too aggressive and it's painful for them. Like they just can't hold themselves in a position at all. And then I've got to really, really figure out, you know, what kind of position I can put them in. What kind of, how can I strengthen the right muscle without overloading the rest of the system and causing them pain? Yeah. I'll, of all my clients I've seen over the last year, I've got one like that. So yeah, so it is. It's it's yeah, you say you true outliers it, and it's it is which is interesting. Like you have a lot of the same stuff over and over again, which is all business, right? Like yeah. like me and Sean talk quite a bit like humans are predictable for the most part. Like, you know, what 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 does well will do well. Like that's just kind of where it is. And like I was looking at the other day as an example and is that we have um we have shots at the bars, right? So, like, you take a shot, uh, Jameson, whatever it is. I, for some reason, you know, two shots that were charged at eleven dollars each um, were only twenty bucks on the on the receipt. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm curious why that is. So, like, let me let me ask my 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 operator, and he goes, oh, well, uh, it's minus one for shots. Like, oh, okay. Why? Like, got to cure out. Like, like, what's the thought process behind it? And he goes, oh, it's industry standard. That's what everyone does. Go okay. Well, does anyone outside the industry know that we do this? Meaning our consumers. And he was like, "No, probably not." I go, "Okay, so then why are we doing it? Like, it, so we're we're trying to take care of our consumers by doing things that they don't know that we're doing. <laughs> like, like we have to, like it has some, like this guy makes sense here. Like, w- you know, why are we doing things? Are we just giving money back to the consumer for no reason? Are we doing it because, Hey, listen, we, we want to make sure that, that, you know, that they're happy. Like what's the thought process. And that's what I've been trying to get through with everything is like, why do we do what we do? And I think again, and this will lead this over to, to TiVo here to say, but again, I think this is why, like I enjoy watching Dave and watching Dave work is because he has a similar thought process. Like, okay, no, yeah, that's fucking for a mission Impossible eight. That was a great scene. But we're not Mission Impossible. That's not why people are here. That's not why people are tuning into us. Like this, there's a different reason, and we have to get back to that reason if we want to be profitable, because that's this is just not what we do. And so again, I'm curious. And I'll, again, I'll flip it over to TiVo here. One TiVo, do you do you think similar to Sean and I with the Red Sox and the Lakers? Do you think Barstool having that on your resume has helped you? in your entrepreneurial 
you know, next chapter where you're doing it on your own. Yeah, a hundred percent. I remember I saw Dave at the Super Bowl and he was like, uh, you know, just, I remember just telling him like how thankful I was for the opportunity. Cause like your next job is only really as good as your last job. I feel like on a resume, um, and just being, being there in the connections alone, like basically you were a connection from that, the mm-hmm. band, I interviewed them on my barstool music show. So everything that I've moved on to and like, you know, looking to obviously keep growing oh, wow. from it. And I have, uh, you know, has come from that barstool coaching tree almost, if you will. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you can deny that if you are, you're, you're just, you're an idiot. You don't, <laughs> so I definitely, yeah. but I agree with what you're saying is why are people here? Like a clip of the mission impossible eight does X amount of views. And then, you know, Frank, the tank walking through a baseball stadium can three, three X that in the barstool network. And so you, you, yeah. you got to know, you, yeah, you got to know your audience and, and Dave knows his audience better, better than anybody. And I understand why the last couple of years, obviously you have, when somebody else is writing the checks, you can, you can obviously green light mm-hmm. different things um, easier, but they, they were going for that marketing approach of, Hey, we need to widen the net. <clears throat> we want to bring in more people here. And Dave's probably going to go back and be like, all right, like, yeah, widening the net's great, but let's, you know, we gotta, we gotta play to our, play the hits here. Um, nobody, you know, play the you, hits. Yeah. When you go to a concert of, of your Nickelbacks and blink 182, you know, you want to, you want to play the hits, you know, like, Hey, do you mind if we play some new music for y'all? Everybody goes, Oh, like, you know, we do mind. Yes. In fact, yeah, we yeah. do mind. <laughs> play, play, play Back the to the fun, hits, play the fucking hits, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're true though. And that's similar to what we mean. You've talked about with our own stuff, uh, is we yeah, have one, you're right. 100%. That's, I found out, I, I know you from Barstool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TiVo used to come in with some of my, the, my friends that were in Barstool and still friends, um, to Green Rock, to be, as a matter of fact, like that's how I got to know TiVo and, and, you know, he started working with, uh, DJs that are at work at Green Rock and now work at all my places. They're great people. So like, you know, it is, it's like it, it, that network and then having that reputation, like being able to tell people, uh, moving forward and be like, listen, yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, Miranda had to move, move on. She was going to ESPN full time, all that. But I was like, listen, I got this guy TiVo. And like, people that didn't know you, like, okay, yeah. So like, who is he? I was like, ah, oh, he, he used to work at, uh, used to work at Barstool. He was, you know, helped Glenny Balls, helped, you know, bring on the Trick and Fry, like all this, all these names that they had heard. And obviously, Barstool being the umbrella that they, everybody knows, it's like, oh shit, oh that's great. That's how'd you how'd you get him? And I was like, well, he's he's a big drinker, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's. It's. You know. It's. It's interesting how that stuff kind of, you know, marinates and how that stuff kind of comes out. And then you see. And again, I'm curious too, Tivo. Is like, have you seen anything uh, that has been like, you know, when you're starting, you know, the the Tivo business? Like, is there anything in that world similar to what I just had, Sean? Is there anything in that world that you could be doing that's like, okay, yeah, I could do this, but it's not why people have hired me. You know, this is, you know, like I said, for Sean, it's the traditional physical therapy. For me, it's like not putting in, you know, systems that are suitable for MetLife Stadium. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, is there anything out there like, yeah, that'd be sick, but, you know, similar to what Dave's doing. Like, you know, maybe the revolution doesn't want people jumping out of planes, that kind of production value. <laughs> but you could do it if they really wanted them to. Yeah, I think the, the coolest thing that I've just been so thankful for from my transition outside of Barstool is everybody that's come to hire me has, I think, which makes sense in a way is like they're hiring me because maybe they don't know the space that well, or they just want somebody to go do it. 
And as much as, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you do have technically you have bosses because you're working for X amount of people, but they really just let me come in, assess it. And I, I pitch like, hey, here's what I'm thinking of doing. And then they just kind of like, for the most part, they let me go do it because the product, the end product speaks for itself. So the band, for example, mm -hmm. they just, they, the, the tradition of, right now at least in in the touring world is you know after you go to a show and a photographer a videographer has you know 50 photos and a 30 40 second recap and that's what goes out the next day and i kind of came in just be like you know hey like here's what i'm seeing of what everybody's doing and you know you need that maybe for some marketing from time to time but that's in my opinion i think if we just cut the fat a little bit and have a different eyeball of what to put out. Like it's going to, it's going to be less production value, but it's going to get more views. And so kind of to Sean's point of buying new equipment or what could I buy? I've always wanted to buy this Telus photo lens. It's like $3,000 and you can get a shot from hundreds of yards away and it's super crispy. But I was like, that's, that's not a good investment. I was like, that's not going to produce what I need. I need raw in the moment up close and personal footage that I want to put out on this band's page because i think that's what people want they don't want the overproduced stuff right now it's not what it's not what is playing on on social media exactly what i just said with frank the tank walking in a baseball stadium off a cell phone is getting more views than mission impossible eight mm -hmm. and so i brought that mentality be like hey here's what i think is gonna produce the best and it's it's it, it is here's the thing that i explained and i think they understood it once they started seeing what i produce is it's production values less like more than half the things that I produced for the van, the band were off my cell phone. The other half was a nice camera, but it was simpler, but it was, it was thoughtful. It was in the moment kind of seeing things differently of like kind of putting yourself as a viewer being like, Hey, what might I want to see? And, and once they, once they let, you know, the first two, I remember the first week, shout out. To, <laughs> I don't know that Dean would listen to this, but like the manager Dean sent me a list get this shot, get that shot, do this, do that, do this. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like that stuff's not gonna, mm -hmm. it's not the best idea. And I, but I go and do them and then, and then I do what I want. And obviously kind of what I thought performed three X times, you know, what the normal stuff was performing. And then after that, nobody told me what to do. They just let me go off and do it. So I guess the summary is people come to hire me and they're like, it's more of a trust. If I can perform well, mm -hmm. I found that the people that have hired me, um, the performance in a way, especially for those bigger social media accounts, is is you just kind of know how to play the algorithm game and tailor it for the brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta tell you, I love those videos. Whenever that guy plays the saxophone, I think it's the saxophone mm -hmm. for the for that. I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's, that's and again, not overproduced. Nope. You know, you might be out there on a cell phone, you might be there on a can on a, on a nice camera. I have no idea, but like you're out there and you're like, oh that. You know, I don't know a single fucking song that Revolution does, but I was like, that looks like a fun concert. I feel like mm -hmm. I might want to go there. So, like, you get, like, it's obviously slow, but you have to imagine, because I follow you and because I like your stuff, like, eventually you're like, you know, maybe I, you know, let's just, you know, and, and maybe, I'll put that on mute. Maybe I ask Alexa to play Revolution, you know, you know, shuffle Revolution songs, see if I like any, you mm -hmm. know, and eventually maybe you get a, another fan out of it. And obviously, you, not just me, maybe you'll probably get mo many hundreds of fans out of it because you get this stuff that's like, oh, that shit looks like it's, it's a great time. I mean, who at, who at a wedding you know, doesn't like when the saxophone guy comes out into the middle of the dance floor <laughs> and now everyone's like, you know, you're already danced, probably a very white thing. But like, <laughs> who doesn't like it? Get in the dance know, circle, everybody. Exactly. But like, who doesn't, who doesn't, that, who does that not get the crowd going? I mean, why isn't Bruce Springsteen, why is the band. Uh, why is Cl you know Clarence, God rest his soul, like the guy 
in the like in the in, because it's like it's that's the type of stuff that people really enjoy. And like you get you get that obviously his stature has a has a big presence about that. But again, I think I think a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs and and if you just whatever business you started, if you just sit there and go, okay, why are people going to choose me or why are people choosing me? And then you just lean heavy. It's the same thing with social media. It's like why why are people coming to watch? Like why are people at my page? And, you know, Tiba had this conversation with me. You know, a couple times and been like, okay, Pat, people are here for this, so you, we got to do this. This is what this is what people enjoy. This is what people are here for. And it's like, okay, yeah. When you, when you think about Green Rock, why are people here? They well, they like the music or they like this. You know, why are people at River Street Garage? So they like live bands. Like, if you just figure out why people are coming to you, and you lean heavy into that, I, I think you do pretty 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 good in in whatever whatever industry or whatever uh, business you've started in gotten into. Because in in just, a way, I think all three of us have said that in this conversation, which is I yeah. always go back to the biggest lesson that Dave and Barstool taught me is is knowing your audience. Exactly, I, I couldn't agree. Like knowing what why you're there and why people want to be there, I think is is important and again it can it knocks off kind of two of our topics that we want to talk about today because you talk about Barcelona Red Sox Lakers we talk about Dave and what he's doing over there at Barcelona and how we're why are people are coming here but you know whether we all like it or not sometimes people might not believe in us but they give us an opportunity because they have believed in us and then we have the Lakers or the Red Sox or Barcelona attached to us and like oh that gives us some some legitimacy mm-hmm. yeah okay I don't I don't know what the fuck Sean's talking about with, you know, he said I might have diabetes because my knee hurts. <laughs> and, but the Lakers trust them, so, may, so maybe I'll give him a go. Why not? I'll give him a go. So, like, you have these things, and you see, you know, TiVo, and he's, like, expressing, oh, we should do this, this, and this. And everyone's like, really? You, you just want to take it on your cell phone? That doesn't. Is that is that what is that what that makes sense? I guess well, he's a Boston guy. He must know what he's doing. And he let him go. And then next thing you know, you have your, your knees fixed because you don't have diabetes anymore, <laughs> and and you're and you have you know a great piece of content or a great yeah. several pieces of content out of TiVo. And you just didn't need what you thought you needed because you don't have an expertise in that area. I mean, he gave them a go because of the legitimacy that comes that comes with you know whatever it is uh, that you know that person's doing in whatever industry or why you're hiring those people, uh, but. It, I thought it was an interesting time. I'm happy I brought that up because I was going through Twitter today to try to figure out what I wanted to talk about. And I was like, I think this goes to like the three entrepreneur podcast of three guys trying to do it in business. And it's like, all right, how did each one of these guys start their business? And how did they just hammer in? This is what I'm good at. This is why people are coming to me. So, so I'm happy I did quick, that. Quick credit to me moment before we move on. I got to finish running the numbers, but I did a little bit the last couple of weeks. And it looks like from – I got to do Instagram, but strictly on TikTok for the band compared to last summer's tour, it's like plus 250% on views. Atta baby. Atta baby, TiVo. Credit Job well me. done. <laughs> Job well done. Credit to TiVo. Credit to TiVo. Um, so moving on, though. Moving on. We'll st- we'll, I want to talk a little bit about the NIL and just from a for guy as business people, but also, yeah, by business people, also as college sports fans. I mean, Sean has spoken uh, several times about how West Virginia, he's not 100% sure this helps West Virginia, although we're very excited about that beer. What's it called again, Sean? The Trust Lager. Mm. Trust Lager, which I think we're going to see a, a lot more of, and I want to dive into that too, but. The reason I bring it up, and quickly let me bring up the actual tweet so, again, I don't miss the information. 
But the, the the reason why I bring it up is just because of the sheer amount of money that's going out and how, like, listen, I, I was never getting this in college sports. It wasn't going to be my thing to be able to make this kind of money in the NIL. But I'm, I'm, it's interesting to me. Oh, geez, I got it It's interesting to me, you know, when this kind of money is going out to college athletes and what the thought process is about going pro early and things like that. So let me read the tweet, and then I'll let you guys kind of take a listen to our thoughts. But Arch Manning is currently projected to make $2.9 million through the NIL this year. God. That is almost $2 million more than Joe Burrow's base salary this season of $1.01 million. Uh, although I did hear someone that they ha- he signed a new deal that has a much larger deal now. I don't know. But Caleb Williams is projected to make $2.6 million throughout the NIL this year. That is more than $1.6 million more than Trevor Lawrence's base salary of 940000 <laughs> Travis Hunter is projected to make $1.5 million in the NIL this season, which is almost $400,000 more than Odell Beckham's base salary this season of one point one six five. And he and ends it with the NIL is no joke. Now, from those numbers alone, and now obviously these are probably, you know, you've got to add Livy Dunn to this list, mm. but these are probably similar to what we discussed earlier in the pod, outliers. i got to imagine the rest of the Texas football players are not bringing in $2.9 million this year. And I know, and Arch Manning, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, is not the starter going into the year. That is correct. So we have a backup quarterback. <laughs> $2.9 million this year. He's got to be making more money. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Is, he, is Arch Manning um, making more money than any backup quarterback in the NFL this year? Probably. $2.93 million? No, you'd have to. I, I mean, maybe. Uh, so hold on. No, nope, no, he's not. Uh, I got yeah. Did you just Google it? You got two. Twenty. Yeah, 20, we got 22. Sam Darnold at. Uh, right, yes, twenty twenty two. Sam Darnold at seven five. Mitch Trubisky at seven one. Garoppolo oh, okay. seven. Teddy Bridgewater six five. Yeah, he's not even close. Okay, okay. he's not even close. Okay, which is good. Which is good. We professional <laughs> yeah, athletes should good. be making more money than college athletes. Listen, a part of me loves it. It's like, you know, how much goddamn money have these teams as the NCAA and everyone been making all these years off the NFL, off, off these athletes? And then a part of me is like, does it kind of take away from by, when I say these things, I feel like an old head, right? Yeah. Like, oh, well, back in our day, you were going to make a dime because you, you fought for the NFL. But it's like, all right, well, you know. Well, Specifically in football, and I think you guys will agree with me, specifically in football when a lot of positions, skilled positions, are such short careers. Like some of the NFL, some of these NFL best, best running backs' best years come in college. Right. So it's like, you know, these guys have such short windows to make money. I certainly, I, I love it for those yeah. guys because, you know, they're wasting some really valuable time. Playing the playing in the NCAA football, and obviously you know playing in Alabama in front, you know what Sean's about to experience out in Happy Valley this weekend. I'm sure is lifetimes of memories for some of these players. But to, they, sh- I feel like they should be making some money. I'm curious. What are your thoughts? Well, first off, Arch, Archie Manning doesn't need it, so like that's that's Very I don't true. know. If it's it's not the true. sad part, but it's just I mean he doesn't need it, and it's no, he, more of he doesn't need it. 
Yeah, and it's not for his play. It's because of his family name, and it's advertising dollars versus play on the field. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, Joe Burrow's Mm going to get a new contract, but Joe Burrow's making tens of millions of dollars off the field this year easily. Um, So that's the first part. Well, I think we – I think what we've seen, and again, this goes into the business aspect of it. You know, the NFL, the the Major League Baseball, uh, all of this, they're not like it's not the focus is baseball, the focus is football. But that's not how you make money. You make money on these TV deals because the advertisers want to be a part of. Because similar to the barstool model, they have so many eyeballs that these big companies come in and they want they want the eyeballs, the eyeballs. So they're they are. There, yeah. This this is just like a fun thing to distract people because the oh we want to watch you we watch the we watch you know Joe Burrow go up against so and so, but it's really because Coca Cola wants to advertise during that game. Yeah, and, and the NCAA you know, makes so much money off the kids that it's criminal not to allow them to make some type of money. It's got I to think that. Yeah. I've always I've always been a I, look. It's they make so much, they make you're right. There's so much money like involved, like in Alabama football, Clemson football, even WVU, right? It's all that stuff. Uh, I think, and I and I think that they probably should be paid on on some level because when you really break it down, it's like everybody's making money off you except you. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine with that. Uh, but I've always I've always I've always thought that there's just a really brutal narrative around it, uh, at least coming from a former college athlete, and I've seen it at big times at WVU and I've seen it at a smaller level at Quinnipiac. Uh, and I do think that, that we're forgetting about the fact that you are getting a college education for free. Uh, and you know, Quinnipiac sometimes. Like 60, yeah. What, what do you mean? You mean like some well, are like, not really valuing. The well, I mean, like if we're talking outside of, of, of football and basketball, everyone else is probably paying. Well, that's what I'm saying. But we're really only talking about football and basketball here. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're talking about the like. Listen, if College World Series is able to, if some the, of those the guys NIL, are able to make the NIL money. is a non-discussion if football and basketball are not involved here because there's just I not enough revenue. But, but what I'm saying, there's going to be some NIL guys on the base in the baseball yeah, world that probably get some money that are not getting full rides. Sure, because that's just sure. not how that world works. Sure. Oh, that that's a great point. Uh, uh, but if we're looking strictly at football and basketball, which is what I was doing, uh, the, you know, you're completely devaluing the education. I mean, thinking all the all of the, uh, you know, the, the the debates in the country about student loans right now and for student loan debt forgiveness, where these guys are just getting off, leaving college scot free. They don't have a single penny of debt, uh, and I think that I think that you've got. I mean, on some on some level, they are getting. 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand per year to compete. Now, Arch Manning may be worth significantly more than, than 60 grand to the university, which I understand. Uh, but, and the other thing that's always been a, a, an issue for me, and I don't, I don't, I, what, I'm like, what am I missing here? And I've heard like scholarship athletes talk about this. Uh, I've, I, they, they say they can't eat. They're like, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. Out of season, 100%. No, no, no. You get unlimited swipes. You get unlimited swipes in the calf. Uh, you get um, like literally unlimited meal money. At, like no, like, you are have no issue whatsoever finding food. May, you may may not want to eat at the calf, but you never have a problem with where your where your money's coming from or having money to eat. And then they, I know that guys get like certain grants and stuff, you know, based on like need base and stuff like that. Uh, our guys in college, they were buying like TVs with that shit. Uh, like you have the money, you have the funds. They give you literally a full scholarship 
entitles you to literally everything, unlimited food, uh, like the works. So I don't know where, I don't know if, you know, back in the day it wasn't maybe necessarily like that, but I remember when Kemba Walker was coming out, I think it was Kemba, was talking about like, I don't know where I'm going to eat. I was at Quinnipiac at the time. I was like, bro, I know the UConn scholarships are sicker than the ones they had down here at Quinnipiac. Like this is, this is, this is a you problem. Like you're not, you're not managing your scholarship the right way or something. You should never have any problem uh, getting, getting food. And then my last point is on competitive balance. I've actually think, I think when it, once it evens out, I think it won't shift the competitive balance as much because I think, you know, uh, an Alabama is going to be able to pay a million, whereas a WVU is going to be able to pay 700,000 and it scales the same in terms of like prestige and wanting to play somewhere. Um, so I don't think, that, I don't think it's going to shift the competitive balance uh, once it settles, but I actually think right now, I think it's helping WVU because we're, we're one of the schools that's like really trying. Uh, so we're like mm-hmm. getting an edge in certain places right now. Whereas other schools, there's this, uh, there's this company out there, it's called open doors. Uh, and where the, you know, you, it's like Facebook for college athletes where like Patrick, you'd make a profile and you'd be like, I'm now open to freaking deals. Nobody's ever going to come on and like give you a deal. <laughs> but like, this is like what the universities are doing to say like, we're part of this whole NIL movement now. And none of my zero of my, uh, athletes are getting deals, uh, are getting like endorsements through this platform, but that's, you know, that's how they're, they're, they're pushing through it. So I think like a school like WVU where it's like, they're really making an effort to do this, uh, I think is really helpful. And when I, when I donated, so I'm a, I'm a monthly donate donor to the WVU NIL fund and on the, on your donation form, you can say, where would you like your funds directed to like men's basketball, football, gymnastics, whatever. And I was like, how many people are not putting football here? <laughs> you know, like how much money per month is going over to women's tennis that, here? That'll be a good uh, scandal and, in like five years where they're like, they yeah, start, they have yeah, to, you're so right, man. They have you're to like so start right, siphoning like from the football. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, I kind of feel bad for the other sports, but I, I don't care. I, I want all my money going to paying football players to come to campus. That's all I want it for. No, listen, and I, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned the, the competitive balance because, I, you know, all three, again, entrepreneurs, we're all part of the capitalistic society. I think we all benefit from the capitalist society and enjoy it. I like this stuff. Like, yeah, okay, from a fan experience, is it nice when you, especially when you're rooting for a team that's kind of, you know, not, you know, Alabama, not these other schools, like where it's like, okay, well, you know, you know maybe we didn't have, we have to compete harder now. But I look at like the other way where it's like, okay, we have a real opportunity. If we make an absolute – we actually try at this, we have a real opportunity to kind of make some strides here. And you, you listen, you got to do like the, tr- the, the trust logger. I think that's great. Like I've thought about bringing – if I could, I don't know that it's distributed in uh, New Jersey, but I've thought about bringing it into at least Green Rock with the West Virginia bar. And like, all right, let's let's try to help out the squad. And like we're already selling beer. Might as well keep se- – might as well sell a different beer. So like – it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, now we just entered capitalism in in West Virginia, in in college sports where it's no longer, hey, who's willing to cheat the most? Which everyone will find ways to cheat around. I'm sure there's rules in this that they'll they'll cheat around, but where it's like, all right, listen, we're all we we are now at a in a at a point where, hey, listen, if we can get more of our fan base to to hop on board and in, in, in a bigger way. We might start being able to compete at this level because, listen, Tuscaloosa, I'm sure, is fine, but it can't be much better than Morgantown. It's not like, it's not like 
you know, and this is what I compare it to in professional sports. It's not like, all right, Boston, New York, L.A., and Chicago are all going to have great teams because they're big market clubs. We can spend more money. Like, that's just what it is. There's 9 million people across the river over here that probably 80% of them are, are Yankee fans. And that's what we talked about last week, where it's like, okay, why, do you, why would Hal Steinbrenner care about winning when you, he's making more money every year without having to worry about it and spending more money? So, like, why would he care? And if he is, and theoretically, again, something that I, I thought about post-show last week, is that let's say he was gearing up to sell eventually. Maybe, this time, maybe, he, maybe he's over it. Maybe he doesn't want to do it anymore. Why would he make big big pushes to get big players. You know, why would the, the books, because they're going to bite off the books. You know, there's going to be some sexy play to it, but you know, why would he do that? So like, it's different because they can always spend more money than Pittsburgh can. Unless the, some super rich guy came in and bought, you know, like Putin bought the, the pirates and was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to buy the pirates. <laughs> the Putin pirates. I'm taking everything. You know, unless that's happening. It just isn't going to work the, for Pittsburgh. I can see the clip now. <laughs> the Putin's Putin sliding across the screen. <laughs> the pirate's hat coming on him in the top. <laughs> he nailed it. But, so, but I'm excited. Like, I, like, this excites me because now I feel like I can actually contribute to West Virginia Mountaineers and being yeah. successful and being like, all right, listen, let's see if we can do this. Like, let's see if we can't you know, get a hold of some big-time – you know, maybe we take – you know, maybe we bring in two point nine million dollars uh, from the NIL for college football for our football team, and let's say we give it all to our fucking to some quarterback, dude. Just come. We get three million. What do you want? Let's have it. Would we not be super excited? West Virginia lands number one recruit ever. <laughs> just saying, this guy's but it's rolling like, up. He, he takes a chopper to, to practice every. I'm day. telling you though, but like this, it, we just entered capitalism in the NC, in the NCAA football world, and I don't again. I haven't. Maybe we should. Maybe we should be like uh, I think his, his name's Danny Miranda on Twitter, where we do deep dives into this stuff and and figure out maybe the actual rules that go alongside the NIL. So like, are you allowed to give it to one player? Like. How can you space it? Stuff like that. But, you know, it'd be cool to say, you know, we landed Arch Manning because we were willing to give him this amount of money every year to come play for us. And then we use the rest we can. But, like, listen, we landed Arch Manning. Don't you want to come? You know, we can't give you much NIL <laughs> money. $12 give remaining. Did you, <laughs> exactly. Did you guys, but do you want to come play with Arch Manning? Did you guys watch the Johnny Manziel doc on Netflix? Yes. No, yeah. not. So that, that that mean it, it pairs well with what we're talking about because they did the they did like some loose math of after that yeah. freshman year when he won the Heisman going into the next year between all the contracts that the coaches got all the all the jerseys they sold and like not even including the new stadium that they built a couple years later after all the hype but they did this like loose math and it was Johnny Manziel brought in like fifty million dollars uh, in mm. in. I don't know what you call it, revenue or just money made from the ecosystem that he created in his first year. And, uh, and he, you know, and he's trying to scrape together, you know, a hundred K in, in autograph signings illegally. Yeah. Not illegally, I, but against I, the rules. I, yeah. Against the rules. I, I think, I think we're probably getting to eventually we'll get to a point if it's not already in the makings where you're going to have a players association, they're going to unionize eventually, in my opinion, just because like you said, like Johnny Manziel, you know, you know, we just talked about. I just got a check from our lawsuit from um, from the players against um, the uh, the commissioner's office of baseball because they weren't paying us the proper amounts of money that, based off the licensing agreement, and it's like stuff like that where it's like, all right, Manziel should get a piece of all that, and but also, you know, from the NCAA football game, you know, you know, me and Sean, you know, when we were kids, I don't know about you two, loved playing NCAA football. If it was, it was, it was sixty dollars a game. 
would we probably have paid 80 to do it? Yeah, and then they get $20 extra again that they had to pay in licensing agreement to the NCAA to, to, to divvy out amongst the players. And then people like Sean in, in college basketball get, you know, would get a, get a licensing check for 300 bucks, which is a lot for a college athlete. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have these things. People would do these things, but you just got, like you said, it's such a weird world where they just didn't enter capitalism except for the highest people. Like these, all these people get to do it, and then it, it incentivized uh, Johnny Manziel to go to Miami and sign all these autographs for a hundred thousand cash. It incentivized, you know, I don't remember who the Ohio State player that was taking cars or whatever. Like real prior, yeah, it incentivizes these people to do that. So I think we're in a better place now. But it is interesting. I'm excited. I I think that if we and me and Sean are trying to take a a bigger step into into supporting Western football, we have a. I met a guy out in my in my Italy trip who. Um, as a direct contact to uh, Western football, we and Sean, actually, I don't think I told Sean this, we got invited out uh, for the Pittsburgh game uh, to sit in the president of the university's box and to kind of get into that world a little bit. Uh, we, me and Sean have a wedding, so we can't make it. But mm-hmm. like, we're, trying to, we're trying, to get in it, trying to become bigger part of West Virginia football, at least. I don't really care about the rest of the athletics. Sorry, the rest of the teams. But like, we're trying to become a bit, a bit bigger. And it's like, yeah, it's like, can we actually now, without cheating and writing checks, can we actually now like help this team by starting a business by you know investing in the trust logger by doing things like that can we actually now help this this program get better uh and legally or this or for the rule you know not against the rules like i think it's an exciting time for 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 college athletics and for schools Unless like West you're Virginia, Oregon State and Washington State, you just go 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 down to the other divisions. All right, pal, go back to the minors. We don't go want Beavers. Here. Go Beavers. Yeah. Go Beavers. But it is. I think it's. I think it's a time where you could see school. I'm going to call us a mid major just because we're a mid major amongst the, the big dogs. I do not I, accept that. We are. It, it just is what it is. Amongst the top <laughs> 50 schools, we are right middle of the pack. There, big guy. Yeah, um, it's the top elites. Yeah, but I'm saying if there's 50 schools in the country that people care about, which there is, that might be pushing it. We are like number 40, number 35. We're 15 all time in wins. It doesn't. No one gives a shit. You're the only one that knows that. <laughs> 27 <laughs> rings. All the other West Virginia fans knows. Yeah, I know. Here we go with the Yankee. Although we're not anywhere close to that. We're, we're top. But, we're top 35. Maybe. We'll give them but, 34. So even if we are. Even we are, we're, we're the ba- even if we are top thirty-five, that means we're the back end of the thirty of the thirty-five, which means we would be middle of the pack in the top fifty, just like I said earlier. Anywho, regardless of that, I think for those schools that are schools twenty-five to fifty, if they really put a focus on this, I think you could see some of those guys have the opportunity to become a possible perennial powers and kind of dive into those. Not you'll never be a blue blood. But like, could you dive into that world where we're top ten consistently because we made a real effort? We didn't sit on, hey, Green Rock, and we'll tie this whole thing together. Green Rock's been around for twenty years; we'll be around for twenty more. Could we be the nightclub of downtown Hoboken that's going to say, hey, listen, we're making a push to be one of those people here for the next twenty years? Can West Virginia? Can schools like that do that? And I think if we put an effort into it, we might have an opportunity. I think it's, I, I think it's a cool time to be. Uh, at least a fan of a school like West Virginia because how many times have I heard over the last 32 years of my life, well, we'll just never be there because we just don't, we're not going to do that like that. We're not going to cheat. We're not that blue blood. We're not this. Well, now if we can start putting our money where our mouth is and actually raise some decent money and do the trust law or stuff like that, we might have a chance. So I, I listen, I'm excited. 
Um, we don't need to touch on the on the fact that I entered Bentley's marketing list somehow, but I'm very <laughs> proud that I did enter Bentley's marketing list. They DM'd me on LinkedIn, so Bentley thinks there's a chance I could afford one of their cars, which I'm very pleased about because it is my dream car. Uh, I would, I hopefully will get one one day. Uh, not yet. I don't drive nearly enough to use it, but it, it, I'm happy to have joined that list. Guys, I hope you, both of you, Sean, will be celebrating uh, Labor Day uh, together at, at Red Rock down in Red Bank, watching a probably some type of Bruce cover band. I'm not sure who's playing. Uh, Tivo, what you, what's your Labor Day weekend plans? Uh, sleeping. Mm, mm, sleeping. Sleeping. Well, whether you're uh, sleeping or you're drinking. I got to go to uh, – uh, my, my, one of my buddies is in town in Philly that I don't get to see much. So, Philly uh, – shout out to Philly Billy. We're going back up. Philly Billy. Yes. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed their Labor Day because this, you're now listening to this on Labor Day. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed Labor Day and welcome welcome the autumnal season. Uh, we are now entering the first weekend of football, NFL, uh, and – you know, at least it's busy season for old Patty West side. So, uh, looking forward to that, but I hope you guys had a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the rest of it. And, uh, we'll see you guys next week.